Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. And now we look ahead to a new year. The mistakes, missteps, and missed opportunities of the past give way to hope, excitement, and joy for the new life God gives us. Pursuing Christ with each new dawn. Through His grace, we get the chance to reset the clock, to forget what lies behind, and strain forward to what lies ahead. As we work, play, rest, and worship, we know His mercies are new every morning. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, arriving at next year's end through His faithfulness. So whatever we do this year, let's give it to God. Seeking His will, trusting His plan, and taking this opportunity to restart. Well, welcome to 2023, everybody. Happy New Year. We are officially here. And to kick things off here at First Christian Church for a brand new year, I was sensing that God would have us dig into just some essential practices that would allow us to flourish in this coming year. And so we're going to spend the next two weeks talking about two of the single most foundational spiritual practices that are going to be assured to give us an absolutely flourishing 2023. And in the spirit of what Kim was sharing through Faith's words just a moment ago in the communion meditation, which I so deeply appreciated that. And like Kim, I'm really sorry that Faith didn't get to be here to share that with you. She worked so hard on that and wanted to share that with you. But... What she talked about was so very true in that there's this, there's this person that so many of us think that we like could be or maybe even should be, but it oftentimes just seems unattainable or out of reach. So the things that we do to get there, especially even sometimes on days like this, New Year's Day, we'll make these resolutions or we'll resolve to be better or to do better or to become somebody different. And so we strive and we work toward attaining things. And oftentimes we find those things really just don't work. And we get to the end of another year where we're like, you know, maybe pull up on your phone or pull out the piece of paper or wherever you had put last year's New Year's resolutions and like, doggone it, another year went by and that still didn't happen, what I was hoping would. Why is that? I think a lot of it falls into the realm of what Jesus told us when he was here on earth about how spiritual transformation and life transformation actually works. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus simply says this. He says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So he doesn't say, at the beginning of a new year, I want you to go to your resolutions. I don't want you to necessarily go to the place of striving and trying. Yes, I want you to grow and continue to be the person that I've designed you to be, but I don't want you to go to the place necessarily of striving and trying to become when all along what I'm telling you I'm giving you an invitation, like, come to me. If you're weary and burdened from the person you've been, I'll give you rest from that, and I'll do the transforming work in you. What a freeing thing. And that's what I want to share with you these next couple weeks are some practices 
given to us by God that allow us to do that very thing, just to come to Jesus so he can do the changing work. Not so that we have to strive real hard on our own, but some practices we can engage in that actually take us to Jesus so that he can do the work. This morning and next week, we're going to be digging into these. And I want to first here show you our uh, life transformation spiritual pathway that we talk about sometimes here at First Christian Church, where we're moving from the place of being those who maybe are exploring Jesus into a beginning relationship with him where we've claimed him as Lord and Savior. We grow closer to him to the place where we really have identified a life that's centered in him where we're on mission helping other explorers find life in Christ as well. Movement from explorer to centered in Christ and on mission no matter where you are. The practice that I'm going to share with you today is the one that's indispensable for growth. In fact, I'm going to tell you right up front that if you engage in this practice we're going to talk about today for as little as 15 minutes a day this coming year, you will change and you will be, in many ways, an entirely different person than what you are right now if you're not currently engaging in this practice. And the one I want to talk to you about today is daily Bible reading or engagement with Scripture, reading God's Word and uh, reflecting on being what's said there on a, on a daily basis. And Psalm 119 is what I want to use as our text here this morning. So if you want to open your Bible or your device or whatnot to Psalm 119, that is the longest chapter in the Bible weighing in at a whopping 176 verses. I'm not going to read all of them to you this morning, but perhaps fittingly, though it is the longest chapter in the entire Bible, it says the most about the Bible and its worth and significance and its role in our lives, perhaps in any other place in all of Scripture. For instance, Psalm 119, verse 11 says this. The psalm writer says, I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Why don't you read that out loud with me up here on the screen? Let's try it together. I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Some translations of the Bible say instead of treasured, they say I've hidden your word in my heart. But there's an action there. I, I've treasured your word. I've, I've hidden it in my heart. And the result is transformation so that I may not sin against you. At the time when this was written, it was being referred to the Old Testament portion of the Bible. But it absolutely refers to all of Scripture today, an action that we can take to treasure God's word, to read it, reflect on it, take it to heart so that transformation will take place so that we may not sin against him, so that we'll grow, so that we'll be different, so that we'll become that person that maybe we've dreamed we always could be, the person that Jesus has designed us to be. Well, the psalmist goes on to elaborate with these words. If you have your Bible or your device open, skip down to verse 97 in Psalm 119, and here's what it says. How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. In other words, I don't just read it like it says in another place in the New Testament, like looking in a mirror, walking away, and nothing changes. No, I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they're always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers. Hey, high school and junior high students, grade school students, wouldn't that be kind of cool to be able to just say, no, even if my teacher, they may be really smart at algebra or social studies or whatever it is, but since I know the Lord Jesus and maybe they haven't come to know him yet, the insight I get from God's word gives me even more insight than my teachers have in, in that area of life because your decrees are my meditation. 
I understand more than the elders, the psalmist says. Just because people may be older than me, if they haven't yet embraced God's word, God's word allows me to have a certain set of wisdom maybe that they have not yet explored or dug into. I have more understanding. I understand more than the elders because I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil, evil path to follow your word. I've not turned from your judgments, for you yourself have instructed me how sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And that's somebody who really understood what it meant to engage with scripture, to read it and reflect on what it says. And it, I, I think you caught a good portion of what was said there. The psalmist says that he meditates on God's word. In other words, he, he not, just, not only just reads it, but reflects on how it applies to his life, what it says, what it means. He says he meditates on it all day long. Like he, he reads it and that's his, his thought pattern throughout the day. He gains understanding from it. He's kept from sin. He becomes the person he hopes he could be or maybe should be that's no longer unattainably out of reach. He becomes somebody filled with wisdom. The encouragement to do the same is found in the New Testament. Here, let me read this scripture to you from Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, in the body of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. In other words, let your heart be a treasure trove of God's word. Let it dwell in you richly. Hide it in your heart that you may not sin against God. Let it be a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. And when it does so, collectively, for all of us in the body of Christ, wisdom will permeate our life together as we are the people of Jesus. God's word will be the content of our worship, the subject matter of our teaching and instruction. It will be how we encourage and how we advise one another. Transformation begins into individually and collectively from the word of God as the Holy Spirit directs that to take root in our hearts. Jesus says this, come to me, come to me. Don't just strive all out on your own, trying to be somebody different, better. Come to me and I'll do the transforming work in you. Jesus is giving us an invitation, an invitation from him that kind of goes like this. Hey, I'm inviting you to gain wisdom. I'm inviting you to the world of transformation. I'm I'm inviting you to the place of becoming somebody different. I'm inviting you to to see those resolutions you've made in the past come true. Just come to me. And, And this practice of coming to him through hearing what he has to say in the Bible, reflecting on it, and then applying it, this is the key foundational, essential practice for change to occur at the beginning of a new year or any other time that we're desiring change, but especially at the beginning of a new year. This is, this is the key thing. In recent years, there have been a number of studies that have been conducted on scripture engagement or, or Bible reading and its role in people's lives, especially here in the American church. And I want to mention just two studies here that have been done recently to kind of drive this home. One was conducted by Lifeway Research, And they observed 2,500 Protestant church attendees for a year to determine what helped their faith grow the most. And writing for Lifeway, Brad Wagner clearly identified there was just one catalyst, 
that stood out above all others that brought spiritual growth to people, and that was the daily discipline of reading the Bible. In fact, he said daily Bible engagement was the number one predictor of spiritual maturation, which he wrote in his book, The Shape of Faith to Come. Another church group, over the course of four years, polled more than 1,500 churches, totaling more than 400,000 American worshipers from explorer to close to Christ all along the path of their spiritual journey. And what they discovered also was that scripture reflection, or in other words, reading the Bible and applying what's there, meditating on it, scripture reflection, that survey found, is the number one way to help people grow in their faith in Christ. Greg Hawkins and Callie Parkinson wrote in their book, Move, here's what they wrote, of all the spiritual practices, prayer, confession, tithing, journaling, solitude, serving, or worship, we find that one and one alone stands out. Scripture reflection, more than any other practice, moves people forward in their love for God and in their love for others. Reflection on Scripture is much more influential than any other spiritual practice for spiritual growth by a wide margin. In fact, these studies have shown it's twice as effective. Again, these are just some studies, but I think they bear our reflection on them. The practice of Scripture meditation, Bible reading, is twice as effective as any other spiritual practice for spiritual growth, at least according to these two studies. To explain just how effective it is, um, I'm going to use one of my favorite objects here as an illustration, and that is ice cream, okay? Do I have anybody's attention here just mentioning that, all right? So if your local ice cream parlor, pick one here in town, maybe that you like the best. I have a favorite. Maybe you have the favorite. I'm not going to mention which one it is so that we don't give business to one over another because they all serve a delicious product, right? So think of your favorite local ice cream parlor, and what if government regulation came down and told all ice cream parlors they could only serve one flavor of ice cream, but each ice cream parlor was given the choice of which flavor they would serve. Which flavor do you think that every ice cream parlor in Warsaw and Winona Lake would serve as well as everywhere in the United States? What one flavor do you think they would serve? Just say it out loud, take your guess. All right, I heard a lot of vanilla. And that is absolutely true. And that's not simply because vanilla is the most popular flavor. It's because vanilla is ridiculously, hugely the most popular flavor of ice cream nationwide by a margin of 2x or a factor of two times more popular than the second most popular flavor of ice cream, which is chocolate, right? <laughs> pistachio. Who said pistachio? That's a good one. <laughs> Love pistachio, but it is not number two. Um, second most popular flavor of ice cream is chocolate, which again, by a factor of two times, is twice as popular as any of the next most popular flavors, which may include pistachio then at that point. I don't know. But so vanilla ice cream is hugely popular, like twice as popular as the next most popular flavor of ice cream. So if they could only serve one, they'd go with vanilla. Now think about that in your, in your spiritual life. If you were to choose just one thing to go after this coming year that would bring you to Jesus for the maximum amount of spiritual growth, change in your life, you becoming the person that you think you could be or should be, what's one thing you could do? The single most significant thing you can do this coming year is pick up your Bible daily and read it. 
like, like no kidding. That is so hugely, widely, ridiculously more important than any other practice you can do in your life that, yes, others are important, but the one that's going to bring the growth the most is you picking up God's word, reading it daily, and reflecting on what's in there. No joke. Hands down, no contest, no joke. When it comes to spiritual growth, nothing beats the Bible. Paul told Timothy in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, you know that from infancy you've known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and says this, all scripture is inspired by God, it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God, the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Notice in that scripture that the, the central purpose of Bible engagement is not head knowledge or um, just being able to have doctrinal purity. Th those things are important and they are involved. But the key result is transformation so that we may become complete, equipped for every good work so that we'll be transformed. The Bible is God's own words to us. Like what John Ortberg once wrote, he said, if the Bible were to completely fulfill its mission, our minds would be so transformed, so filled with thoughts and feelings of truth, love, joy, and humility, that our lives would become one interrupted series of acts of grace and moral beauty. Every moment would be a miniature reflection of life in the kingdom of God. So maybe, just maybe, if we spent time in God's word each day this coming year, reflecting on how it applies to our lives, maybe we'd become that person we wish we could become, and maybe lasting change would finally result. So, if we're going to do that, how would we go about doing it this coming year? I want to give you here this morning uh, just four things that would be a part of this essential practice of daily Bible reading, okay? If you want to write these down on your worship folder or take pictures of the slides as they come up, maybe these will be helpful to you as you kind of kick off this new year, because I'm going to tell you some real specific things even about Bible engagement here at First Christian Church this coming year, okay? So if we're going to be daily Bible readers, we're going to need a plan, a priority, a practice, and a place. Let's start here with a plan. We're going to need some kind of systematic approach to reading our Bible. It's a lifelong endeavor, so it's worthy of doing it with some intentionality or purpose behind it. Uh, the old random, God, give me something today that's going to really help me, you know, that, okay, that may work once in a while, and certainly God does speak through every place in his word, but flipping through the Bible and just finding something for that day may not be the most consistent plan for scriptural engagement and growth in this coming year. I want to tell you about a resource that we're going to be using here this year at First Christian Church. It's the YouVersion app, and take a look at this slide up here. We're together going to be reading the one-year chronological Bible for anybody that would like to. I started this this morning at home. Maybe some of you did as well. We've tried to leak out as much information about how to do this as possible. It's on our website. We put it out in the weekly email this last week. Uh, there are some instructions that you'll be able to find there how to do it. You simply download the YouVersion app onto your device, your computer, your phone, whatever you want to do. 
set First Christian Church as your home church. There's a section called More at the bottom of the screen if you're using your phone where you select First Christian Church as your home church. When you do that, you can scroll up and see that we have a featured plan which is called the One Year Chronological Bible, okay? Now, if you want to make this really fun, uh, there's a black box then that says start plan, choose January 1st as your start date, and then if you want to make it really fun, it gives you the option of read it individually or read it as a group. Now, if you want to click read it as a group, I became the host of this plan this morning, so I'll friend every one of you that wants to be friends through the U version, and then each day, you just put a comment in there if you want to, you don't have to, but you can comment on what verse stood out to you the most or what you gained from that day's Bible reading. And that way we'll be able to encourage each other. If you want to comment, fine. If you don't want to, no worries. Or if you want to read what other people are saying, it'd be kind of cool just as a church family, again, for whoever wants to do this, to be able to engage in it in that way. So if you want, just even shoot me a text message. If you want to make it easier, I'll send you the link, and then you just tap on it, and then it goes straight into it, and then you can join the plan, and you can be somebody who leaves a comment each day as well for what stands out to you. But I think this would be kind of a cool way for us to engage with Scripture together. Now, in saying that, if this plan doesn't work for you, uh, don't worry about it. it. It's about a pace of three chapters a day for the year. Sometimes if the chapters are shorter, you may get four or five chapters, but it's an average of about three Bible chapters a day. If that's a little more aggressive than what you want to start with, there are plenty of other plans you can choose in the U version. If you've already started one that you're content with, don't worry about doing this. But those of you that want to do this, we thought this might be kind of a cool way to engage with Scripture together. All right, so one thing we need, let's go back to our slide there of what we're talking about. One thing we need is a plan, okay? Everybody say that with me. We need a plan, okay? Second thing we're going to have to have for daily Bible engagement is we have to make it a priority, this can't be just something that we get to at the end of the day when we're tired or whatnot. In fact, we, we have to know when this is going to happen on a daily basis so it's just part of our routine. For a lot of us in our work life or our school life or whatever it is, this is going to be a morning thing. This is going to be a first thing in the morning before anything else in life crashes in and gets going. I realize other people work different shifts maybe than some of us do that have maybe just kind of a traditional work schedule. For, so for you, maybe it's going to be before the start of your work shift. For some of you, maybe you just function better to get this done right before you go to bed. Fine, whatever. You have to know your own rhythm, but you have to make it a priority so that nothing else is going to interfere with that time. And again, for a lot of us, it is going to be the thing that happens before we do anything else that work day. We've just given that time to God. So as you think about yourself here, all right, if you're going to follow a plan, when would that happen in your day on a daily basis? Where's that one time each day where more often than not, just on a given day, that it's going to work? Okay, got that in your mind? So you have to make it a priority. And then the third thing that we're going to have to also have then is a practice, okay? Let's say those here so far, we have to have a what? plan. We've got to make it priority. We also have to have a practice, okay? Some, for some people, Bible reading is kind of intimidating because they don't always know what to do after they've read a section of scripture. And some of the places in the Bible are kind of confusing. So I want to tell you just a real basic thing that's been super helpful to me. It's an acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P, and it looks like this. It stands for Scripture, 
observation, application, and prayer. So it works like this. Scripture. Just pick up your Bible and read. Or read it uh, out of your phone. Or my friend Derek Pressler, who's in our life group, he listens to the Bible at work. That guy has gotten through the whole Bible already a couple times just listening to it while he works. It was amazing. And he's been telling me the, the transformation that has occurred in his life just through his scripture engagement of listening to it over and over again. But however you're going to take in scripture, that's what the S stands for, just take in scripture. Read it. Listen to it, however it's going to work, okay? Follow your daily Bible reading plan, the chronological Bible, if you're using that. Second, observation. Like, what's happening in what you're reading? What characters are there? What is, what's this teaching? What's actually going on in what I'm reading? Uh, there's a, a good set of questions to ask about, like, um, what are the characters? What are they doing? What are they feeling? What am I supposed to be feeling based on what's happening here? Just imagine myself in the setting, maybe if it's a Bible story. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What's going on? Just observe what's taking place there. Maybe pick out one verse that stands out above all others and then move to that application stage where maybe you pull out a journal or a piece of paper or just even reflect on it in your mind. Like, okay, how am I going to be different as a result of reading this? There's an old way of thinking about that that goes like this. Is in what I read, is there a sin to avoid? Is there a promise to claim? Is there an example to follow? Is there a command to obey? Is there a truth to know? Like, uh, as I apply what I've read today, what particular part of uh, my life does this speak to? And then follow that up with prayer. And it could be simple as, hey, God, based on what I read in Scripture, what I observed, as I think about applying this in my life, how do you want me to be different as a result of what I just read today? SOAP, kind of a, a simple method for having a, a practice, if you will, of engaging with scripture. So again, we need a plan, we need a priority, we need to make it a priority, we need to have a practice that works. And lastly, what's that last thing, everybody? We need a, a place. I would call it your, your holy place. Um, your chair, your spot, whatever that might be. Your place where you know when you, when you go there, when you sit down at that time of day that you've made a priority. It's not like you can't sit there any other time of the day, right? You don't, you don't need to have a dedicated chair where you just only meet with God but never go to that chair. Otherwise, nobody else sits in it, you know? Uh, it just needs to be your place where you know at that time of day, okay, this is where I'm going to meet God. And when you sit in that place and you sit in the same posture, it becomes kind of reflexive of like, oh, yeah, we're going to take in scripture here. We're going to see what it has to say. We're going to observe what it says. We're going to apply it. We're going to pray in this place. For me, it's a recliner next to a window looking out over in our backyard in our home. You may have a favorite chair, maybe on the seat of your pickup truck. If you travel a lot for work, well, it, it may be when you settle into your airplane seat or when you're driving in your car, maybe you're listening to scripture. Maybe, if, again, if you're traveling a lot, you know that, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm just going to sit at the little desk in my hotel room, whatever. Just a, a holy place where you know when you plop down in that spot, okay, this is familiar. My body knows what to do here. My mind knows what to do here. We're going to meet Jesus. We're going to engage with scripture in this place because I'm following my plan. I've made it a priority. The practice is a familiar one to me. 
and I know what to do when I get in that place. It all just becomes very, very natural to me. So those are some suggestions, anyway, for this year about how to engage in the single most proven thing that a person can be doing for transformation in their life. That is to read the Bible regularly. And again, I am not joking about this at all. Like, this is the thing. If you are desiring change, growth, something to be different, and this is not yet a part of your life, this will unlock like a whole new world to you this year. As you just come to Jesus, like it's not your work of reading the Bible, but as you come to Jesus, you're making yourself available to him to hear from him and for the Holy Spirit to do his work in your life. I want to close with a a little story here this morning. There was a a guy that ran into a friend of his that was really interested in old, old books. And so he said to him, hey, I I know that you're really into old books, and I I came across one last week. In fact, I, I just threw it away. It was an old, old Bible that we had in our house. Somebody named Gutenberry or something like that had printed it. And the guy just gasped, and he said, that's Gutenberg, dummy. Are you crazy? You threw away one of the first books ever printed on planet Earth. Did you know that there are only 22 of those in existence anywhere? That was probably worth over $100 million minimally. The other man was unmoved. He goes, oh, no, my copy probably wouldn't have even brought a dime. Some guy named Martin Luther had scribbled all over it. (laughs) So you may not... Your physical copy of the Bible, yeah, maybe, maybe it isn't one of the first things ever printed on planet Earth. Maybe you don't have the signature or the writing of one of the great reformers of the church like Martin Luther inside it. But what you hold in your hand when you hold this or when you open your Bible app is something so valuable and precious. It's actually God's very own words right here for us on planet earth like it's god's word you want to know what he says you know want to know what he's like want to know what he thinks i mean it's in here it's all available to us if we just pick it up and read it or put in the earbuds and listen to it i mean it's all there so marvelously valuable and it is the key to growing spiritually. And seeing yourself become that person that maybe you dreamed you always could be or should be or have even thought maybe like God really wants me to be this way. Okay, well, how do we get there? Jesus says, come to me. I'm going to do the work. Come to me. So listen to what I have to say. Lather, rinse, repeat. Do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. Just pick it up. Read. Listen. And let the power of this incredibly valuable book do its work on your life. It is a New Year's essential. And everybody in agreement with that with me, say amen. Hey, let's stand together and we'll pray and let's enter this new year ready to be the people of Jesus who simply come to him to be transformed so we can invite other people to come to him and they can be transformed as well. Let's put our hands out before the Lord like this in this new year. Father in heaven, here we stand before you today on January 1st, 2023. And we are here before you uh, ready to receive all your goodness, 
and your blessing into our lives. We need your grace if we're going to be people who come to Jesus regularly and day after day. We're going to need your grace not to turn Bible reading into a task or into a, just a discipline. We're going to need your grace for it to be a joy and a rhythm and a part of our lives that is indispensable. So would you, would you help us with that so that this practice will be something this year that forms us and shapes us and allows the Holy Spirit to do tremendously new things in us as Jesus guides and directs. Father, we, we know that there is a, a hurting, hurting world out there. We cut, we've come up against that, maybe even through some of our family celebrations and our friendship gatherings over Christmas and New Year, and we see how the enemy can wreak havoc in people's lives and the, the choices they sometimes make and how hurtful that can be to them. And we want to be the people that help others walk into a fresh relationship with Christ and experience salvation and flourishing here on earth, but we need to be strong in order to help others experience that too. So God, would you please do an amazing work on us this year so that we can really, really be people on mission and this year truly see people around us be changed as we're being changed. And we offer this to you right now in the precious name of Jesus. And again, we all say, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.